When you look at any deal, trust fuels the sale. And sometimes what you think lost the deal with the buyer isn't anything to do with why you lost that sale. You truly could have lost the deal because the person didn't trust you. It wasn't what your offer was. It wasn't your product. It wasn't your service. It wasn't your terms of conditions. It wasn't a misspelling on the pamphlet. It was they didn't trust you. So how do you deal with it? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from the mobile How to Sell Show studios, about 25 miles south of Sacramento, out in the Delta, about to watch the sunset. Fantastic day. It was warm today. One of my favorite things. The topic for today's episode of the How to Sell Show is how you lose trust in sales. And I do want to give you some background. I have ridden with quite a few salespeople. I've taken a lot of notes to help decipher where people lose sales. Now, what I want to let you know is some of what I'm going to go over is going to sound very basic. And you're going to say, Scott, that's basic. But I tend to find that most of the time sales are lost from basic materials more than the advanced. So let's just start at the beginning. Lying. <laughs> Lying. If you lie, you're going to lose trust. Enough said. Sounds pretty basic. But I have been with salespeople who make up stories, make up situations, and uh, they lie. And the thing is, is when you talk to people... If you listen to people long enough, you're going to pick up their conversation. And in poker, that's their tell. And so what happens is it becomes a case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So I had to start with lying. Lying is going to get you to lose trust quickly. Let's go through a few other ones. Being late. And in this day and age of everybody's got a phone or two phones and Slack and email and text message, it's just sloppy, especially at the beginning of a day. People are like, you know, the last thing I needed was somebody to come up, come to the office and show up late or get onto the, the recording late or show up to my home late, depending upon the industry that you're in. Along with being late is not being prepared. And one of my favorite stories is I was riding with a sales guy and we're driving down Highway 50 in Sacramento, which takes you towards South Lake Tahoe. And, you know, I worked out of Sacramento and we're heading towards South Lake Tahoe. And the guy tells me, he's like, oh, I'm out of contracts. Like, like uh, wait, what? You're out of contracts? You're out of agreements? What happens when the buyer says yes? Like, you're not assuming that you're going to make that sale? So we go to the call, talk to the homeowner. Guy's engaged, wants what the sales guy has to offer. Sales guy goes, let me come back and do the paperwork. Now, this was before DocuSign, okay? I'm going to give you that. And... The excitement was gone, the uh, assurances were gone, and the buyer did not do business with the sales guy. Sales guy wasn't prepared. 
you only have to be incrementally better than the guy next to you. This happens more than you could imagine. More basic stuff, lack of eye contact. Lack of eye contact. You know, different cultures have different amount, different amount of eye contact that they like to have. But a lack of eye contact for people automatically makes them assume that you're not telling the truth. Just like if I fold my arms right now, you may go, Scott's not interested. He doesn't want to talk about what's going on. It's an assumption. And sometimes they're wrong. Lack of eye contact for people freaks them out. Like you just want to practice something, go somewhere and talk to people and don't connect with eyes. Just talk and look down at the ground and watch what happens. Like the vocal pitch and tone of people change. It's really weird, really freaky. Yes, more basic stuff. Not paying attention. No note taking. No uh, verbal recap of like, here's what you're telling me. And this is what I heard you say. Or are you saying this or are you saying that? It just feels like you're not paying attention to my problem. And think about this. Sometimes it is so hard to get your buyer, your client to open up. And then all of a sudden they don't feel like they're being listened to. Now what's up? Now they're going to be like, now I really don't really want to have a conversation with you. Now I don't want to, to even go down this road. I just don't feel like you're paying attention to me. I have a weird food issue that I have problems with a food like that has any type of fermentation in it. Uh, anything with a lot of vinegar, anything that is like sauerkraut, I have an issue with. So I'm at a really nice restaurant in St. Louis and it's the type of restaurant where people do not write down your order. Well, the guy comes to the table. There's like 40 of us at the table and this guy I got to give it to him. He memorized the order, but in my mind, I'm freaking out because I'm, I've told him, I said, like, look, I can't do anything fermented. And if it's on my my uh, my food, it's going to ruin the rest of my night. And I want to go out and have some fun with this team because we won an award and we were all going to go out and the company was paying for stuff. And oh yeah, the steak that I ordered that night was like 650 bucks. Okay. So I mean, that's the type of trip that it was. We were being pampered and we were being taken care of because we won an award. Yeah, I like a $650 steak. You know, it was, it, I got to tell you, $650 steak for where we were, it was pretty darn good. Being too evasive. We all, you, me, everybody knows a salesperson that's constantly reversing. That's the constant, like, if you ask them a question, they answer with a question. Or you ask them a question and they go, well, what do you think? Like, hey, silly, I wasn't asking you to ask a question and ask me what I think. Like, enough with this reversing stuff. You know, early on in my sales career, I was taught the, the click world technique. And that is to constantly get people to say yes. And nowhere in life do questions always come up with a constant yes. And I, I will tell you, I, I made this mistake because almost every mistake that I talk to you about on the How to Sell show, I make. But constantly getting people to say yes is feels manipulative. And so people start going, well, you're being manipulative. Why can't you just have a conversation with me? I don't know if I necessarily trust you. I don't know if I like you as a salesperson. This is the thing what they start saying to themselves. Not that I don't like you as a salesperson. I'm listening to the How to Sell show. I'm talking from the point of a buyer, from a prospect. Automatic assumptions. You know, uh, too much of I've been here before and I've seen this before, I've been around this before, leads to problems. 
There was a study, and I think and believe it was in Spin Selling from Neil Rackham, which is a fantastic book, Love Spin Selling, that they tracked top salespeople. And in the beginning, because salespeople didn't know what else to do, they asked questions. And as soon as people got into sales long enough, then they realized, I don't have to ask this question. I can do an automatic assumption, which leads to a shorter presentation, which leads to faster getting to the money, which leads to more objections. And so automatic assumptions hurt you and they hurt me. I'm not assuming by any means that you're doing any or all of these. I'm just saying there's a strong chance that you are. Next up, not setting an agenda. So there's a lot of people who like to fly by the seat of their pants and just talk, 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 and not explain to people what to expect so it surprises them. Then they're like, well, I don't feel like there's any continuity here. I don't know where you're going. I don't know what's supposed to happen. And because they don't know what's supposed to happen, then they start making stuff up in their head. Lack of communication is a huge problem. So you might as well tell people, here's what to expect. Now, when I, when I deal with people, I tell them, there's a couple of things about me that you need to know and that you need to expect. One, I'm a lot of fun. Two, I tend to go too far and I say the wrong thing a lot. You know, when I worked for companies... Uh, one of the things that I had to, to deal with was talking to HR. HR did not like Scott. <laughs> they did not like me one bit. Want to know why? Because my brain sometimes just says, hey, Scott, say this. It'll be funny. Or, hey, Scott, say this, because that's what you're supposed to. And uh, it's outside the rules of social engagement and social norms. And I'll tell you, sometimes it's fun, but sometimes it's not. So for you, if you can set the agenda and explain what to expect and what's up next, people are going to be like, okay, now I know what to do. It calms them down. Instead of them being freaked out and like, hey, I don't know what you're going to do. They're like, okay, I kind of get the gist of what's going on. Too much rapport. I know quite a few salespeople that all they do is they live on rapport and they make an okay living. But if they would put a little bit of effort into asking questions about the problem the buyer has, instead of building too much freaking rapport, then they would probably close more deals. And this ties into the next subject, which is too long of a presentation. And so I have interviewed buyers after writing with salespeople. I've called them on the phone. I've talked to them after the meeting. I've got no shame in my game. I'll ask questions. What are you, what's the worst thing you're gonna do to me? Tell me no. What you may not understand is if you take too long building rapport, that buyer feels like, why are you not getting to the point? Are you scared of your price? If you're scared of your price, I don't know if I can necessarily trust that price because you're scared of it. You shouldn't be scared of it. Why are you scared of it? With that being said, being scared of the price is going to build some distrust. And so here's uh, what I recommend that you do. You sell a $10,000 project, product, service, item, thingamajig, then what you do is you practice at 10 times the amount. Hey, Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, if to get started on this project, it's a down payment of $100,000. See, a lot of times salespeople get scared of the price, especially if they don't have money in the bank. The less money you have in the bank, the more problems it creates when you're rolling price because you might be thinking, I couldn't afford that. I couldn't do that. That's too much money for me. Trust building issue number a lot. <laughs> Frustrated too quickly. And if you're in a sales slump, 
if you're irritated, if you're tired, if you're hungry, if you're fighting with a significant other, if you've got money problems, these are all things that being, being uh, concerns you could have for being frustrated. Now me, I will tell you, I have a kryptonite when it comes to sales and it's engineers. Like, just not the way that I think. Can I close them? Yes. Do they take a lot of work and effort? Absolutely. Am I tired and exhausted when I'm done dealing with them? You better believe it. 100%. So, you know, if you're getting frustrated, it might be that you're playing off the energy of them being frustrated. And it just becomes a circular logic. I'm frustrated, you're frustrated. You're more frustrated, I'm more frustrated. Fast price drop. Fast price drop. Second example from my mom. My mom used to live uh, here in California on some acreage. And the acreage that she was on was like an equestrian neighborhood. So almost everybody in the neighborhood had horses. And it was an expensive neighborhood. People knew it was an expensive neighborhood. So she was going to get some overhangs done for her backyard. You know, she's in a pretty good sized house for where she was. It was like 4,500 square feet. Guy drives up, walks up, walks in the backyard, looks in the backyard, takes a couple of quick measurements, looks at my mom and says 25000 And my mom was doing what homeowners do. She was like, okay, well, I'm getting other bids. And the guy goes, okay, 10. <laughs> and goes, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You went from $25,000 to $10,000 just by me saying no once. How real is your price? So how real is your price can be an issue and it is an objection that you could create for yourself and build some distrust. Not following up. Now there's two different versions of following up. There's following up like you go to a meeting and you meet with somebody and it's a two-step or three-step process or a four-step, whatever you sell. And somebody says, I need these deliverables. I need, I need some information in order to, to take this to the board or whoever I got to talk to. And I love what Oren Clough calls it, like, go fetch a rock. Like, you're, you're in, I've got to fetch a rock mode. I got to gather something for this person. Or it's just a long buying cycle. It's a long, I'm sorry, a long sales cycle. It's just a long sales cycle. It's not a one-sit close. And so somebody says, I need fill in the blank. And you're like, yeah, I'll absolutely get it to you. And uh, we'll have it to you next week. And the next week rolls around and you don't get it. And then they call and they're like, um, where's my stuff? Oh, I promise I'll get it to you. You lose some trust. You lose some trust. Not following up through like phone calls, emails, text messages, uh, smoke signals, laser beams, whatever way you follow up, there's no follow up made. Not owning up to dropping the ball, not owning up to mistakes. I have always found that if you make a mistake, just tell the people flat out, here's what happened. I screwed up. You try to cover it up with something. You try to uh, navigate the situation thinking that they're not going to catch you. When I managed a sales team, I would work with them. I'd say like, look, if you screw up, just tell the people you screwed up. Don't try to make anything up. Don't try to cover up a story because not everybody's going to be on it. You just raise your hand and say, look, I screwed up. I'm embarrassed. It happened. It was a mistake. Now, if it's a legal issue, talk to an attorney. Okay. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not an attorney. I came like really close to going to law school, but I didn't do it. Not owning up to a mistake is going to cause some distrust. But if you tell somebody, hey, look, I screwed up. This is all on me. Here's what I'm going to do to take care of it. Here's how I'm going to take care of you. People are usually really gracious about it. Sometimes people take advantage of you. Sometimes people are opportunistic and they, they use it against you. What you need to know 
is at the end of the day, trust is everything. Speed of Trust by uh, Stephen M. R. Covey is a fantastic book. It's a fantastic book. It's it's a good conversation about trust. If you're like, Scott, I want to dig deeper. I need more content. I need like 250 pages. There you go. Speed of Trust. Good book. But the next time that you don't buy something, I want you to start thinking about it. Was, was it the product, the service, the price, or at the end of the day, was it really trust? Was it a trust issue? Did you break any of the rules of trust? Because... That could have been why you lost the deal. It might not have been your price. It might not have been your product. It might not have been your service. It might not have been your terms and conditions, but at the end of the day, it was trust. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.